All right, welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. Um, here with my buddy Luke Dusenberry. Um, I've always wanted to do this. I haven't actually done it yet, but we are legitimately sitting in front of a campfire on the last night of our backcountry mule deer hunt, um, 2022. And we had a good we had a good hunt, didn't we? Oh boy, did we! <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, if the audio sounds weird, you hear some crackling. That's because we are literally sitting on a mountain about six miles deep in the backcountry. Uh, on a beautiful night here and um, so yeah I want to just do you know use this opportunity that we have um, right now to just do a little recap because we had a great hunt um, so yeah let's uh, let's just start from the beginning man so Take I rolled into here. Idaho Falls yes sir and uh, got w- greeted with a nice Luke Duesenberry hug <laughs> in the airport. Hunter, yeah. <laughs> I'm over here. Yeah, yeah, man. So, um, so yeah, we we'd done a podcast before in the past um, together, but we never met in person. Uh, we've been talking a little bit over the months, but um, but yeah, rolled in, and uh, then we had to just grab some gear at Sportsman's and some snacks and stuff, mm-hmm. and we had some caribou burgers for dinner, courtesy of Alexa. Yeah. Alexa is Luke's wife. She made us some caribou burgers for dinner. And then the next day, we rolled out to an undisclosed location. <laughs> Sorry, got to be super secretive, guys. But um, And we did film this whole thing. So um, you will be able to see this hunt. It might be a little while. Um, and I'm not going to say quite yet where you're going to be able to see it. But exciting stuff. And... Um, Anyway, more on that later, but um, this was a filmed hunt, film project, and uh, so we came to this undisclosed location, and we hiked in, well, the first spot that I had found was a little flat spot about three and a half miles in, and we got there, and then, I don't know, you, I think you were kind of the one that was like, what? well, because we, we were thinking there might be water at a small creek. Yeah, we thought there wasn't. Yeah, the first place you wanted to camp, you thought there was going to be a creek we were going to cross and then hike up to this little knob ridge thing and camp right there. But when we were hiking up, we realized there was no water anywhere on the hike in. And we're like, we both didn't bring any water on the hike up because we were hiking. Very little, yeah. With eight days worth of food and gear. and Yeah, so when we started, our packs were like 70, mine was 75 pounds at your house. Yours was probably about the same, I think. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, we did add some. Maybe it was just the water. Or yeah, I, I'm we were going to in about eighty. Yeah, I think I maybe threw in an extra meal or two yeah. or something. I don't know. So we had about eighty pounds going in. I think we had eight days of food. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have. We decided to carry only one rifle between us, which was smart. Um, that saved some weight. So mm-hmm. I, I took the rifle. Luke took uh, my extra camera, and we kind of split up the stuff. Um, but you know, with, with camera gear and stuff, like it's heavy, but that's just the price you pay to make films. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so another like kind of tip is, which might be obvious to some people, but when I was East scouting this area, you know, obviously I'm not from anywhere near here. So I called the unit biologist and asked him if there was water in certain creeks. I feel like that's something a lot of like rookie guys kind of overlook is the fact that you have to have water. Water's heavy. Um, 
So, like, and, and you, just because there's a creek on a map does not necessarily mean there's water in it. So I actually called the biologist and was like, hey, is there water in this creek? And he's like, eh, sometimes, maybe. But there's definitely water in this one, which is another, like, two miles past that one. So, um, so that's what we did. We got to the first spot, no water, and then we decided to keep on. Yeah, the weather was good when we were hiking in. And we're like, hey, like, you know, it's been kind of a push getting in here, but, you know, let's just go another two miles. Yeah. You know, what's at this point, it's not that big a deal. It's middle of the day. Yeah. We need water. And and there was a, a, a pretty decent camp spot that we found about a half mile from that creek. Yeah. And But just, going, going back, though, like, so my original plan was to get to our camp spot, which I had actually... So I had two camp spots, one about three miles in and one about five miles in. My plan was get to the first one, see what the water situation is, pressure, if and if we need to, go to the next one. But my plan was to go to the far one, drop camp and everything, and then go back for water. But we get to the, the creek and Luke's like, let's just suck it up and do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we literally, I loaded up 12 liters of water. You loaded up, what, 10? Yeah, I think I, I have... 10 liters of water in bladders. You so, have a little bit more than... So we already had 80 pounds. I think we were doing the math that uh, 12 liters is 24 pounds. Yeah, I think one liter... I could be wrong. So there's 3.96 liters in a gallon. I know a gallon mm. is roughly 8 pounds. So basically 4 liters is 8 pounds. I was carrying 10. I'm not a math major but I want to say that's about 20 yep. or 18, 20 pounds. Yeah. So mine would be, I was carrying 24 pounds of water. Yeah. So 80, so we we're over a hundred pounds the last, last half mile. Yeah. And the last half mile is like all uphill. Oh yeah. And it was <laughs> middle of the day, like four o'clock, three o'clock. We already gone, what, four and a half miles. Yeah. And the last half mile we're carrying over a hundred pounds, uh, it, it, it was brutal, but yeah. yeah, I was glad we came and got here and had water though. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad because we sucked it up that first day, and yeah, it was like not the funnest thing, but it put us in a position to have days of water. Yep. Have water that's not too far away, if we need to resupply, which we did have to. Um, but it, it just put us in a really great starting position to start. You know, okay, let's try and actually find some animals now. Now that we're like. Yep. in a good spot in the where we, we want to be in the spot hunter e-scouted and, and found for us so yeah so we got in here um luke suggested we drop a little off the ridge that i was planning to camp on to get out of the wind which was smart and we kicked out a camp spot which is right here where you see us and uh yeah we set up our um seek outside cimarron which um you know, Luke's what six three. Mm -hmm. I'm six foot. Um, it was it was fine. Like yeah. it was definitely fine for us. We had enough room. I will say we set up a little tent uh, tarp shelter over here to throw gear under, to throw some firewood under, uh, meat later. Um, and we had talked about, in which I think is smart, if you're able to um, bringing a silex as well. Because not only can you use that to throw your gear under to save some room in your shelter, but also you can take it up with you on the glassing knob. Or, you know, if you're back at camp at night and it's raining or snowing, you want to have dinner, but you don't want to get in the tent yet, it's nice to have just something to hang out under. Yeah. So 
We made a little tarp shelter over there, which we actually did eat dinner under one night. Um, but that's that was just, one of my favorite nights, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were all snuggled up in there eating dinner. But, uh, but yeah, that's a good, like, if, like, if you're going to do a Cimarron with two guys, try, if you can, bring somewhere to put your gear under. Because especially if you, you don't want to drag wet packs and boots yeah. and all your junk in the Cimarron with you. Like, condensation's these, already an issue. On yeah, these. I was just so. going to say that. Like, on these mid-season hunts, like, where you got some snow and precipitation and moisture and then, I mean, even just like sweat on your packs, it'll just condensate on that wall of the tent and, and drip onto your stuff, which like isn't the end of the world if you have a stove and, or if you have days where the sun can kind of dry things yeah. up. But if you have days and multiple days of, of cloud cover and snow, like, I mean, those first four days, I think, yeah. we were like in here at this spot, it was just snow, snow, yeah. snow. And so it's like, we, all our stuff got pretty wet. I remember in the middle of the night one night, I felt a drop on my hand through my sleeping bag. And I was like, <laughs> no way. Oh my goodness. That's bad. <laughs> but Hey, um, I didn't know it was that bad, but, um, so anyway, so yeah, we, we were blessed cause we got, we hiked in in like perfect weather, got set up when everything was dry. We had the forethought to throw a bunch of wood up under our tarp and like st we stockpiled a ton of firewoods. We knew it was about to get cold too. I think we did. Yeah. We did some of that the first night and then, um, and then, yeah, we got set up. We did, I think we, did we little, do a little glassing that night or we didn't have time? I think we just basically just hiked up, you know, 120, 150 yards from camp and yeah. just glassed a little bit. Yeah, we but looked a little. I don't think we saw anything. Yeah, I didn't see anything. And then, um, but that night it poured, rained all night hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So it rained hard that first night. And then, let's see, what do we do day one? Oh, golly. I know. Okay, we got up, and obviously we got up. <laughs> I want to say it kind of went from rain to snow on day one. Um, no, okay, I remember. Day one, we started, I think, right up here behind camp, glassing. Correct. And then we went over to this ridge that's that way, and we're looking into the basin next to us. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we were looking at that, and we were kind of like... Yeah, it looks okay. We weren't like super happy with how it looked. Yeah, it was really steep and rocky. Did like, I find the knob that first day? I can't. I honestly can't remember. I think I did. Yeah. So we were. Oh, hello. Um, we had that that canyon that was just past our camp that we thought was going to be money. It's one of those things like on maps. It it looked it looked money on maps. What this one right here? Yeah. And then we got over there and it was just it was much steeper than yeah we it looked. And, and just super rocky, not a lot of vegetation, not a lot of trees. Um, you couldn't see a ton. I remember, yeah. like, yeah, like, we were both kind of like, eh, it's all right. We weren't, like, super stoked with it. And then, so, I got, I think we made breakfast up there. It might have started snowing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to go up this way a little bit and see if maybe we can see into this other side a little better so went up there probably just i don't know another like quarter of a mile or something and found the bomb knob the bomb knob <laughs> i don't know why but like where we spent all our days yeah as soon as i got there i was like this is it i was like i it's like this huge bowl basin and this one little knob just comes off into kind of like into the middle of it and you can just get in there and you can see like 
almost 365. Oh yeah, easily. 360, I mean, you can see a lot. So I got up there and like just other like videos and stuff I'd seen of hunts, like similar hunts to this, it just looked really good. Like again, I'm not a mule deer expert, but it just looked really good. So, um, so then, yeah, Luke was behind, came behind me and I was like, dude, this is the spot. <laughs> And for some reason, I marked it on my go hunt. I called it uh, the bomb knob. <laughs> I don't know why. But what did you think when you got up there? Oh, I just, it was, I thought it was perfect because um, not only would it have like that 360 view of the whole basin that we really thought was just going to produce some bucks, um, but also like particularly that whole north facing stuff that we really thought was going to hold them. Yeah. Like that was the best place to really see into the little pockets and grooves of those little, um, yeah. of those little ridges and depressions and stuff like that, that we couldn't quite see from our spot by our camp. Um, and plus it gave us a, like an elevation advantage because we were basically at the same elevation as the ridge across us. Yeah. And so we really could like almost see down like on our prey. Yeah. Like I, it would be a great spot. Like, I don't know, <clears throat> to, like was, a pack of wolves to hang out up on. Yeah. So for whatever reason, we decided, we got the weather report and that it was gonna get really bad and really cold. So um, we didn't stay up there till like the end of the day. We kind of, I think that's the day we came back and like started really stockpiling firewood yeah. and like kind of preparing for the storm, which actually was really a smart idea. Yeah. Um, we came back and just like, like I said, we filled up our thing with firewood. I set up the stove. Yep. Um, and uh, which is like I, the the stove I have is the Seek Outside large U-turn stove, uh, super light. Um, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna keep the tent warm all night long unless you're literally feeding it constantly. Like, so if you're trying to sleep, you still need to be prepared for sleeping in cold. You know, in a survival situation, if sleep is less important, and you you know, it's it's definitely good to have, and it's amazing to have to. You know, at the end of the night, you're cold, you're wet, get in there, you know, 30 minutes or an hour before bed, just kind of enjoy a nice little warm tent. Um, but it's not going to just like slow roll all night, unfortunately. I think I was a little naive, thought, it, thought it'd be a little easier to keep going all night. But um, but great, a great thing to have, especially like I said, if you something happens like, you you know, you slip in a creek or oh yeah, you have some kind of safety issue, it's it could be a lifesaver, mm -hmm. literally. Um, so definitely worth it. I'm definitely glad we had it. Yeah, or like we had later in the hunt, which we'll get to, but like having a day where it just rains or snows all morning and you're fogged in. Yep. Just having that fire is just kind of like a little bit of a morale boost. Yep, and kind just of something to do. Warm, keep something to do. So um, we got the stove set up, got all the, um, the wood kind of squared away. Then day two, day two is the day we got water, right? Again, in the middle of the day, yeah, because we didn't see anything. Yes, because we had fog. Yeah, so we're like, well, let's go get more water. Yeah, so we started glassing up here, then some fog rolled in real heavy. We could not even see really, and um, I'm not. I guess we figured we wanted to get water so we wouldn't have to get it ever again the rest of the trip, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, we went back down, filled up water, came back. And then I think we, is that the day we went into the next basin too? Hiked over there? I want to say, yeah. We did a lot of walking that yeah. day. The days are kind of blurring together a little bit, to be honest. So, yeah. <laughs> but 
this is basically what happened. Yeah. <laughs> and so the same day we got water, we also went over to the next basin to check it out. Um, just to kind of see what was over there. But once we got over there, we saw some coyote tracks and that was about it. Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. There was, it just seemed like, you know, when you walk into like a, a place or a, a, a particular basin or something and you just don't feel life there. Yeah. It's kind of like a vibe. I don't know. You feel, you're just like, dude, I don't, I don't feel like anything's in here. Yep. And that's what both of us just kind of felt after we glassed it yeah. for an hour or two. And we hung out and had lunch in there and just made sure, but, um, and it's always good to go, you know, it's always good to have like your plan A spot, but then like have like secondaries mm -hmm. and like, or just, just to know like what's over that next ridge. Like it might look bad or you might think you have the best spot, but, um, like go check it. There might be something in there. It might, or you just check it off your list, you know? So if it's, if it's feasible to walk, just, just, and that's kind of the first couple of days of these types of hunts is really just like figuring out your area, you know, seeing what's here, what's there, like just kind of exploring and, and getting a lay of the land, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that day is the day, um, we came back here to our kind of easy glassing spot right by camp. Isn't that the day we saw the first does or yep. was that day three we didn't see till day three? I feel like we didn't see him until day three. Uh, yeah, I think it was day three. Okay. Do you just want to start on day three then? Yeah, so that's basically what happened that day. Again, it's kind of blurring together, but this is basically what happened. And then, so day three, we went to the knob, right? Mm -hmm. We woke up early, went to the knob, and we hung out all day and didn't see anything. Yeah, that's like when we're like, we're going to commit, stay here all day. Yeah. You know, we don't have any more chores to do around camp. We got plenty of wood to last us arguably seven days yeah. of bad weather like we basically did all those things like we're like okay now we can fully hunt right you know yeah and um yeah we didn't see anything <laughs> but then but no but we but we were up there and the weather got bad like yeah. it was snowing hard yeah um and then that's when we're like like it was so bad up there you couldn't glass like we were getting dumped on with snow so we got some cool footage and stuff but like we weren't going to see deer in that so we're like let's just go back it was still pretty much evening yeah i think it was about 3 30. yeah it was, but it was like dark it was like yeah. already getting dark and you couldn't clouds. right and you couldn't see anything so we came back here and i was like all right luke let's just let's just take a look at this ridge right here behind camp just for like because we had kind of warmed up from the walk back mm -hmm. like, let's just glass it for like a couple minutes before you go back so we did and i think you spot them didn't you yeah yeah and then luke yeah. spots like a group of what was it five or six does it was seven it was okay. a, I, I remember um the first group was seven. Cool. It was like basically 800 yards across the canyon from us. Yeah. So that obviously got us, um, lifted our spirits quite yeah. a bit. And they weren't, they were like right on the snow line. They weren't like in the crazy thick snow. They weren't out of it. Like, so I was kind of like, okay, so we were like just getting some intel, you know, yeah. they're on this ridge right around the snow line. Okay. Let's like remember that kind of a thing. Yeah. And this is kind of something I want to hit on real quick. So when we're coming in too, we're about halfway in here and we see this guy coming out, two guys. And he's like, Oh, what's up? Like, what's going on? Like, and we're like, Oh, you know, where are you guys from? Um, he's like, well, there's no deer in here. Like, if you're not going all the way to 8,000, you might as well just turn around and go home because there's nothing in here. We've been in here eight days, haven't seen a single deer. Blah, 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 blah. And he's he already starts, seen like nine hunters. Yeah, he's saying he already seen nine hunters and it's, all this stuff. And then we're like, okay, cool. 
And he's like, total Johnny Raincloud. Yeah, it's like, how much, like, how long are you staying back here? And I was like, well, we got food for like eight days. He's like, well, you're gonna need all of them. <laughs> and so, like, honestly, at first I was a little bummed, and then Luke was like, I ah, just take that with a grain of salt. And first of all, it was total BS. We did not see like anybody, mm-hmm. like after him, and um, and also we knew the weather was coming, yeah. and so. Just, just another little tip, guys. You know, I've said this multiple times in the podcast, but just don't believe everything you hear from a guy coming down the trail or whatever. I mean, stick to your guns, stick to your spot. Like, if, if you have, you know, be confident in what you're doing. You know, obviously, local knowledge is helpful sometimes too. But if you just got some dude randomly coming down, say, "Oh, there's no deer," blah, 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 don't always listen. You know, <laughs> not at all. So anyway, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like. It, you might see like one random doe down here or something, but then you know we, I remember saying to you, I was like, "That's not just one random lost doe. That's like a group of yeah. eight solid mature does no, yeah, like in our area." They're on a mission, yeah. You know? And so this time of year, you know, you want to find the does and stick with them because the bucks will eventually come down as, as the weather gets bad. So um, anyway, we can kind of fast forward a little bit, but basically we just were dealing with. Really cold temps. I think it got down to 15 like the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of snow, kind of spitting snow off and on. Um, and then we get to day five. Mm-hmm. Day five, we, we'd been seeing more does here and there. Come from a glass, no bucks yet, no bucks. Um, day five, we had a really good morning. We spotted a bunch of does and we kind of um, we were able to see where they bedded. And we, I was literally like every five minutes all day long, just keeping tabs. Like, okay, are they there? Yep. Okay, are these there? Yep. Because you never know if a buck could show up. Exactly. And um, I think it was about, I don't know, about two or something maybe. I noticed one group of uh, of does got up and started feeding into the sunlight. And then Luke noticed something. While I grab some more wood, tell him what you noticed. Yeah. So yeah, we were just watching these does, just kind of walking all over this ridge that they've been working on the past few days. We kind of got them basically narrowed down to a certain area on this ridge. Um, and we noticed they were always eating on this like green bush, which we're gonna look up once we get back to cell, cell phone service, because we want to know the name of this bush. Um, but we, we noticed that they really, really liked it. And this whole ridge had just tons of it. Anyway. I, That's I, a good point, like that we should, yeah. yeah. like. That's the other great thing about like the first couple of days of a hunt. You start to learn like what types of areas to glass into. Because once we learned that they liked that those green bushes, we were kind of just glassing into those and finding tons of deer. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like almost like a deer magnet. These little green bushes. Um, Got to do our research and figure out what they are. Yeah. So anyway, good. But yeah, anyway. So I see this deer like with it with its head down just into one of these bushes, and I'm like looking at. I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the other does next to it. I'm looking back at it and I'm just like, and he, this deer looks slightly bigger and its head is just like down in this bush, like crazy. Like, like almost like I've seen bucks kind of do that. Like almost like they're like playing with the bush with their antlers or or something. It just kind of like. His body was noticeably bigger. Yeah. Like it just, the, something about the, the group seemed off with that, with that particular deer. And then. I put the spotter on him and then lo and behold, I just happened to catch a glance of these two little antlers poking out above his head. They're not that little. They're not that little. <laughs> I'm just but, kidding. uh, you know, these two antlers sticking up and we're like, dude, they're little. I'm we got our kidding. first, we got our first legit legal buck. So we Sorry. were pumped. 
Um, and we, we watched him for a while, watched him feed on this hill. And uh, kind of a, to preface, we didn't really talk about this before, um, but Hunter and I had, had talked about this hunt and like how we wanted to like do it since we were both filming each other, but also hunting, just kind of a unique dynamic. And so Hunter thought of the idea of like, let's just do spot it, got it. So like, if you saw, if you spot the buck, you get to decide to go for it or to pass. And so since I spotted this first one, I was like, I thought about it for a couple minutes and I was like, you know what? It's only day five. We still have these four or five more days in here. The weather still looks like it's going to get continually worse. Like, I think I'm going to hold off and pass. <laughs> Luke has better self-control than me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it's, it's hard. I haven't, I hadn't shot a deer in 12 years and, you know, or, or at this point I hadn't shot a deer in 12 years. And, yeah. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. No, you're good. Edit that out. So, no, you're fine. So, like, Luke is thinking about it. I'm going to put my jacket on. Luke is thinking about it, and I kind of go over to go to the bathroom, and I was like, all right, so what do I want to do if Luke says he doesn't want to shoot this thing? And I was just like, we kind of already talked about it. Like, we've said to each other multiple times, like, dude, this is a tough hunt. Like, you know, tough terrain, just, like, Honestly, any legal animal out of here would feel like an accomplishment, especially for our first deer, so first 100%. mule deer. So I kind of made my mind that, like, if Luke didn't want to go out for him, I was just going to go for it. Just, like, you know, it's an opportunity. Um, I, I personally knew that if, for whatever reason, we didn't see any more bucks the rest of the time, that um, I would be mad at myself for not shooting that buck. And... Um, like I knew if we came out of here empty handed and I had passed that deer, I would have been annoyed at myself. So I don't know. That's just me. It's where I am in my Western hunting journey and being my first mule deer. I was like, you know, and we were talking about too. I mean like, and not, we're not trying to brag or anything, but like this particular hunt in this area that we're doing is like pretty much expert level hunt. Like, it's a, it's a very difficult challenge. Not saying you can't do it, obviously. If I can do it, trust me. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, but, um, I don't know. It just felt like, it just felt felt right. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Um, plus, you know, I haven't done a ton of, like, stalks on these type of hunts. So, like, just getting reps. I mean, you know, even if we did the stalk and it didn't work out, uh, I would have learned something. I would have gotten the practice um, because, you know, the nerves and the the um, the difficulty only increase when it's a huge, like, you know, four-point or something. Absolutely. So um, I think it was a great opportunity for me to get some practice, to build some confidence, to get a species first. And, you know, now I can hold out for a bigger one on my next hunt. But um, I have no regrets. And um, so I let Luke, I was like, hey, Luke, you know, I already know what I'm going to do if you pass them, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not asking you. <laughs> yeah, so. And uh, he thought about it. I did not pressure him in any way, right? Did I? No, there was zero pressure from you. Yeah. So I let him come to his own conclusion. And then he said, you know what? I think I'm going to pass him. And I said, all right, you know what? Let's go shoot this deer. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, so we basically, um, basically we were on our knob. He was kind of 
45 degrees this way up high. So we basically got to just drop straight off our knob, go down basically to all the way to the creek, cross the creek, go up the other, other side, excuse me, and we were just kind of hoping really, we didn't know for sure, that A, the deer would stay there, and B, that we'd be able to get close enough and shoot uphill and, and have a good shot. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> and Luke kind of helped me think through the best way to do it too, which I was grateful for. You know, um, Luke's been on a ton of hunts, mainly filming, but like he's worked with some of the best hunters out there and he's learned a lot. So I've, everything he said, I've taken his valuable advice and he's been a great asset. So, um, so we dropped down. I was every 50 yards checking. Are they still there? And it was so cool because when we started off, they were bedded. They got up like they were kind of nervous or something. And then they started kind of feeding around the other side, and I was getting a little worried. But then as I kept checking, you know, I was. I, mean, I was praying. I was like, Lord, let them be there. Let them be there. Every time I checked, they were coming back, and they're just feeding right in the sun, right where we could see them. We could see them the whole way. Yeah, it was Perfect. Honestly, beautiful. Yeah. And so we get down there, <clears throat> across the creek. Luke's doing his thing, getting some awesome footage along the way. And then um, we get to 450-ish, which, uh, you know, three years ago, I'd be lucky if I could hit a 300 shot. So I've come a long way. I got a great rifle and optics set up. I got a Seekins Havoc Element. Um, and 300 Win Mag and a loophole VX6HD. I've spent a really good amount of time practicing with them in the off season and just getting comfortable. And you know, I mounted the optic myself, um, so I'm pretty confident in the gun. Um, but this was a long shot, even you know, this is a long shot for me, you know, where I am. So we get we get set up, and I just I can't get quite comfortable. Um, it's a weird. The way the slope of the hill is, I couldn't get prone. It's and you're like, shooting uphill at a considerable angle. Yeah. And yeah, we were on like this downward slope, but there was snow on the ground, and so it's super slippery. Yeah. And yeah, basically not to like interrupt or interject, but like we kind of like no, we kind of worked onto the, like the finger that was like basically caddy corner from where these where the buck was at above us, and there was this one little like I don't even know. It's not a tree well. It's almost just like this little bench above a tree. Right, where like the erosion had kind of stopped yeah. above the tree, yeah. And then that's like basically where Hunter dropped his pack and started to set up, and I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. So I just threw up the long lens on the camera on the tripod and got it set up on the buck, confirmed it was him while Hunter was getting all set up and situated, and then I'll yeah. let you take it from there. And then I, so I couldn't really get prone. And the way the hill was, like, it would have been perfect if you were a lefty to get prone, but I just, I couldn't get it right. So, finally, I got, Luke helped me by bringing packs to me. I got one pack up here. My bipod's fully extended on top of the pack. And then I finally was leaning back, put my foot up on the tree, and I had Luke bring me the other pack to put under my back as a rear rest. And then I'm, like, literally like this. And, um... Yeah, ranged him. I asked Luke to confirm the range for me. He did. Dialed it. I got one of those custom dials from Loophold where you send in your ammo information and they like send you a custom dial. So like for example, if it's at 450, you just go 4.5. And um, took. We managed to get the camera set up like with me in frame shooting. He had the deer in frame on his camera. 
took three deep breaths and pulled the trigger and hit him. Absolutely smoked him. Yeah, hit him hard. <laughs> hit him right in the right in the vitals, and we could tell by looking at the footage it was you know a good hit. And um, so yeah, then we just basically just kind of enjoyed that for a second and got. I think we got some more footage and marked the spot on yep. our go hunt um, app so we could go get him. And then it was um, we walked right onto him, and there were these two does like. That he was hanging out with that like literally like they let us walk within like 50 yards yeah like they would i would be walking right at her she would look at me and then just start feeding again and even when they they never ran they just like slowly walked away from us yeah it was one of the most interesting like interactions i've had with a deer in the wild like we were so exposed like we were making tons of noise like, like walking right at them yeah we were climbing up this like really steep rocky hill and like sliding all over the place and like <laughs> And they just they didn't did not care. care. It was the weirdest thing. It was so weird. But got some good footage of them. And then, um, yeah, without going into, like, too much crazy detail, we just went up there and got some photos, cleaned the deer, hiked down to the trail, and, and back to camp. Yeah. And pretty it was clean. pretty mild pack out. Yeah. Um, we just basically hiked down, hit the creek, hit the trail, hiked up to camp. Yeah. Probably about a mile total. Mm, maybe just over a mile yeah i think it was like a mile and a half yeah just over a mile but yeah so yeah pretty pretty easy pack out and um, like like we said earlier it was a great weather day yeah it was sunny and 75 is what it felt like yeah you know it was like 35 maybe yeah <laughs> but and so the next day but yeah okay so all things considered it was an easy pack out but we were still feeling, we were a little sore. Yeah. Like, we were a little fatigued. I remember we, we both woke up the next day, like, ooh, just, you know, a little muscle fatigue. And, you know, thankfully, I feel like the Lord's always doing this, but the next day was, like, a horrible weather day. I think it was our worst one. Yeah. It was, um, that was day six. And um, at this point, you know, my hunt basically is done, and, and Luke kind of becomes the hunter, which he's not used to. Definitely not. <laughs> so I'm kind of like... I'm, I'm trying to get more used to it. I'm trying to get more time in the field, trying to set aside more time. Right. But I mean, even myself, just more the dynamic of like making the decisions and like... Here's exactly. What, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I kept being like, all right, Luke, like I'm with you now, man. Like, you know, you tell me what you want to do. And so, um, and he did like he, he, you know, we, we, but you know, he made the final call, decided that um, smartly... It was dumping snow all morning of day six, basically zero visibility. And so, um, but it was nice. We got to hang out in the tent. We just talked, shoot the breeze, ate, you know, and had the stove roll in and um, looked at some of our footage. Mm -hmm. I think Luke took a little nap. Like, I definitely took a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> looked at like some a, of our a pictures. A 10 a.m. nap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, looked at some of our pictures and um, just just enjoyed the morning. It was it was cool. Like, and that's why I like hunting with somebody. Like, you know, if you're hunting solo, nothing wrong with that. I'm sure a lot of people love it. But for me, if I'm hunting solo and I got one of those mornings where you guys spend the whole morning in the tent, it can get really lonely and kind of depressing. And you start really thinking about home and like, why am I here? What am I doing? Um, but having somebody to share the moment with and just hang out with was cool. Yeah. 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 Was, yeah. So, um, but anyway, that afternoon, about two o'clock, it stopped snowing and we were ready to stretch the old legs. So what did we do? Yeah. So 
we I was checking my Garmin like every hour, trying to get a, an accurate weather update. And it, for the most part, it was pretty spot on this whole week um, with like our GPS coordinates and everything. Um, but it said it was the the snow was going to clear and that we we're going to have partly cloudy and even partly sunny the rest of the afternoon around two o'clock and boom like clockwork two o'clock showed up and the sun popped out blue sky and we're like all right let's go up and glass for you yeah. know three hours so we ended up hiking up to our the bomb knob <laughs> and started glassing um do you do you want to mention the other hunters we saw or no totally um, up to you uh, uh okay okay um so we get up there and immediately i i glass up a couple hunters that are maybe five, 600 yards away on the same ridge that we're, we're glassing from. Um, and this is the first group of hunters we've seen this whole time. And they just look totally locked in, just like on their tripods, just like glass and looked like they've been there all day, like just totally in their puffies, all that stuff. And we get up there and we're in just like our base layers cause the sun's starting to come out and we start glassing and we're just like deer, 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 yeah. like just like- And they were camped in the spot we were originally thinking about camping at first. Yeah. Yeah, we glassed at their tent the whole nine yards. We saw a bunch of deer. Yeah, I think we saw like 11 deer in three hours. Yeah. Um, but these hunters, they like bailed and hiked back to camp at like 4, 4.30. Like, so we kind of thought maybe they... We thought maybe they saw something and were going after it at first. Yeah. We were like, why are they leaving? But probably... Sorry, I'm eating a pack of rune. Probably they had sat there all day freezing in the snow and couldn't last anymore. Exactly. And we're up here... Like on the knob, like all rested and had a fire going and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what we determined was was the was the case because we watched them walk all the way back to camp. Meanwhile, we're just spotting deer and having a great time. We're like, dude. Yeah. Those guys look kind of like their body language is kind of like you know downtrodden, kind of miserable, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, we were having a great time. And we also on our bomb knob, pretty much every day, made a fire just like this. Yeah. And like. I have like some kind of weird, I've noticed like some kind of like circulation issue to my feet. It's actually pretty debilitating on these type of hunts. Like I'm gonna have to figure out some kind of heated sock or something, like it's bad. But I literally would make it to about 9.30 a.m. and have to start a fire, like, cause my feet would be like scary, painfully cold. So, but you know, it didn't mess up the hunting at all. Like we were able to just kind of glass and glass and glass until you need to kind of warm up and then go back to fire and it, it was nice. Yeah, no, it was, no, having that fire up on the bomb knob was truly amazing. It reminded me a lot of, like, hunting with my dad as a kid, like, on, like, late season rifle hunts and stuff. Like, we just, my dad would hike us, hike us up to this ridge and just build a fire. Yeah. We, we would just wait for something to happen. And that's such, like, a, that's such a Western thing. Like, that's so, like, so foreign to me mm -hmm. as an Eastern whitetail guy, like, I remember, like, when I first got into it and seeing, like, content, like, videos and stuff, like, guys making fires, I'm like, what, like, what are they doing? Like, they're going to scare away all the game, like, Not why are they making it, like, <laughs> it's just a totally different style, a different way of hunting, and um, such a foreign, like, I could, I would never imagine whitetail hunting and, like, making a fire, you know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it totally didn't mess, I even asked Luke at one point, I was like, do you think it, what? Oh, that was a wolf howling. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. We have heard some wolves. But, um, oh, we've got fresh wolf tracks 50 yards from our tent, by the way. Um, no big deal. But uh, I remember even saying to, to Luke, like, do you think it's bad that, like, smoke is blowing, like, straight into our basin? He was like, nah, no, nah, it's fine. 
It's no. a natural smell. Yeah, totally natural smell. It never seemed to matter at all. No. Um, so anyway, I mean, we had deer tracks on the knob multiple mornings. Yeah. So like, I mean, we were up there living like all day long from over a week. Like, our scent was everywhere. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. And um, so anyway, we hung out there the rest of the day. Saw some good deer. Hiked back. Yeah. Made a little fire. Had dinner, etc. Oh before that this is afternoon day six so this is i don't remember when i spot the buck oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you spot yeah yeah so you know, we're just up there just glassing deer 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 it's been like you know two hours since we got up there and i think it was about five o'clock i glassed up another small buck um this one was a two by one again and i was like very similar size to the one I shot. Yeah, like almost spitting image. And I was like... A little bit deeper fork. A little bit, yeah. All about, all about those, <laughs> those deep centimeters. <laughs> those centimeter deep forks. Deep fork Duesenberry. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was like, interesting. But I was also like, you know what? We got three-ish more days in here. Yeah, you'd already passed a similarly sized yeah, deer. Yeah, I'd already passed a two by one. And I was like, you know what? I, I've i never killed a mule deer, but I, I really would love to have an opportunity at a mature buck. And with this weather that's coming in, like, you know, I really think if we just wait another day or two, we'll definitely get another shot. Yeah. Um, and I was, so I, I really thought about it and I was like, mm. I, know, I watched him, put the spotter on him, put the phone scope on him got some footage of him and I was like you know what I think I'm gonna pass again like I just it didn't in the moment it just didn't quite feel like it was time yeah um for me to to make a decision and say let's, let's go for it you know so I I watched we watched him bed down with the does he was with and then we just kept watching for their deer because we knew like especially with that that weather system that had come in that morning like dude it's only a matter of time like before these bucks got to come down and yeah i don't know i kind of want to mention the whole i need it joke <laughs> do it but uh yeah so we had this joke kind of running the whole time we we're on the knob this week um i don't know if any of you guys have ever watched spongebob i've only watched a couple episodes but there's don't one. lie you've seen all of them i've, I've, I've seen a hand <laughs> dude i, I love spongebob when i was yeah. a kid yeah. my son's watching it now yeah but there's this one episode where like i forget if it's spongebob or patrick but they're basically like I definitely don't need it. <laughs> and then he basically, like, I don't need it. I think it's SpongeBob. He's like, he's like getting tempted by something. Yeah. He's like, I don't need it. And then he's like, I definitely don't need it. And then all of a sudden he's like, I need it. And I was just joking with Hunter. I was like, dude, that's like exactly how these bucks are right now. Yeah. They're up there in probably a foot and a half, two feet of snow. It's five degrees. And they're just sitting there with snow on their back or, or whatever. And they're just like, yeah, it's cold. Yeah, I'm, I'm maybe starting to kind of feel a little ruddy, but you know, I definitely don't need it. You know, I don't, I don't need to like chase a doe. And then we had that big storm coming on day six, and, and then, like, I need and then all of a sudden we're like, dude, these bucks have got to be saying, I need it. You know, like, yeah. I mean, we're practically saying it. Like, yeah. Anyway, so super big sidetrack, but anyway, end of day six comes, pass on that two by one. And we come back to camp and it's like, it's like t the storm is totally rolled out and the, the stars are just popping like crazy, just super cold, super clear. 
and the temperature just starts dropping. And that's like, I mean, and so this is last night. So this, yeah. I mean, last night had to have been 14, 15 degrees. Yeah. I think, or if not colder, it was, it was very, very cold, very crisp. It was very cold. Um, Luke tried to get me to bring these like really heavy glassing mitts. And I was like, nah, man, <laughs> that was dumb. Like I underestimated the cold. Um, bring glassing mitts for sure. Like my hands are literally like cracking. They're so like dry and like. And that's I, another reason to bring them too. They just protect your hands from the elements. Like yeah, and getting ab abused if the air is really cold and dry. Like your skin's more prone to crack. Like Absolutely. it's not just to keep your hands warm. It's also to like yeah protect them. Or if you need to like break some sticks off a dead tree you know, yeah like my hands are like completely hands. like hamburger meat at this point and like yeah. i've even heard other guys say they like bring like a little bit of lotion i was like oh, that's kind of weird but no like i actually <laughs> this is actually funny like my hands were so dry i brought like some salami with me my hands were so dry like i cut myself some salami one day and i noticed how greasy my knife was and i was like hmm so i literally cut a piece of salami and was rubbing the salami in my hands to like get the fat and greases out of the salami to like moisturize my skin and then like i did that like two or three times over the course of the trip because like my hands were so dry i was literally rubbing salami on them <laughs> so yeah i'm definitely bringing a little thing of lotion on my next one because like my nose has been running yeah like every single day and i haven't i, I decided to not bring my neck gaiter which i usually bring a neck gaiter too he asked and, me if you should bring it and i was like nah <laughs> yeah never listening to hunter again just kidding um but uh, yeah, so like, just having a little bit of notion lotion to put on my nose right now would be incredible. Yeah. So, and then we forgot to mention, but yeah, one of those like really bad weather nights is when we sat under the tarp, which it's always nice to have that if you can, just to eat dinner without getting snowed on. But absolutely. Um, so anyway, we came back to camp. We knew today it was gonna be clear. Um, so we just kind of knew, like, I just had a feeling like. It was something was gonna happen today. Yeah, and um, you, and Lex text. I want you to tell him about like Lex texting you and like not sleeping as well and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I texted Lex. I was like, Hey, babe, I just glassed up another like smaller buck, and I decided to pass on him. Which is his wife, by the way. Yeah, Alexa's my wife. Alexa J, she's awesome, best friend <laughs> for life. But uh, anyway, so she texts me. She's like, Babe, I'm really starting to kind of miss you. And typically, she honestly like. I have the best wife in the world. Like she typically doesn't say that a ton when I'm on hunts. She like kind of likes having her time. She's like a pretty independent person, um, which is awesome. Like, you know, it works out really great for, for what we've got going on in this stage of our life. Um, but she's like, Hey babe, like I'm just starting to kind of miss you. And I don't think you should pass on another buck. Like just like, kind of like, just kind of like subtly said that. And I was like, okay. And then I kind of like, I don't know. I, for whatever reason, like I just didn't like, kind of tossed and turned last night a lot and was just up thinking and i think honestly like the lord was just kind of like talking to me and was just saying hey like whatever opportunity comes tomorrow take it and yeah. so i was like okay well it's also gonna be like the coldest day so like and it was like the coldest day for the next few days so i'm like dude if there's any day where a, a, a buck is going to come down from the high country it probably will be tomorrow and so we wake up and it is an absolute bear to get up it's probably it was, close to 10 degrees yeah it was cold our boots were completely frozen i had to like Solid. jam my feet into my boots yeah and i had icy boots other mornings but this mo this morning they were like frozen solid yeah it was 
it was just one of those things you just got to grin and bear it and just yeah. be like, okay, we just got to do this, get our clothes on really quick and just start hiking. And so that's basically what we did. We had our packs already packed the night before and we started hiking up to the bomb knob and we get up there and I mean, we're not even like fully, I'm like still like pulling out stuff from my backpack and Hunter's like, I got deer. And so I'm like, okay. And so like, basically he spots a group of does up high on the same ridge. We've been seeing does every single day and it's like five does or something. And then I'm like, get my spotter all set up and then I find like two more and then he spots like another three and then we're like dude we're just seeing deer like boom boom they're boom boom, boom. Everywhere. yeah and then I'm like well I'm gonna like check on the ridge that we're actually on so I like whip the glass all the way over the complete opposite direction where we really haven't seen any deer and I see two groups of does like of two and three groups just like yeah. right right above us and I'm like dude we're like surrounded right now like all those spots that we had been glassing for days expecting to see deer and not seeing them, they all had deer in them. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And they were, you know, a mix of bedded and feeding and just like up and down. And yeah, they were just moving all around. It was awesome. Yeah. But, um, and then Hunter uh, pulls up his binos and checks where we saw that two by one yesterday. And he's like, hey, he's bedded and he's right back in that same little draw. And I'm like, no way. And we get the spotter on him, confirm it's him. And he's just bedded there by himself. And I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, I know what I was like thinking last night. And I'm like, he still was, and he already had said on camera, like any legal buck, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take it today. Yeah. And like, I'd already gonna, done that update. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't want to go back on my word. And I was like, also like, you know, I was like, Hunter, I just think I just need some time to think, man. Yeah. And so I was like, cause it was only like eight in the morning. Like we, yeah, I'm like, yeah. and we had, we were just, we'd already seen like 12 deer. And so I'm like, dude, literally anything can happen the next like 30 minutes. So like, let's just keep glassing. And plus like he was bedded when we first saw him, but then he kind of got up and was kind of looking around. So I'm like, I'm like, I kind of think he's like maybe lost or something. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't, and it, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to kind of see what the more. Yeah. I, it was wise to wait yeah. a little bit. I mean, yeah. yeah. First of all, we wanted to wait until he was bedded and in a good spot. And also, yeah, well, he was still early. Like there's nothing wrong with continue yeah. to look around a little bit but and he I was, was probably about two miles away yeah so that's the other reason too it's not like he was just right there he was like a solid two mile walk yeah it would have been us. like a, a deal to get to him yeah and uh i mean i definitely like was not trying to pressure luke at all like like i said i don't care like i want him to do what he wants to do but at the same time like i also like i mean obviously i didn't pass on mine and like i wanted you to get one and you just never know, like, what's going to happen. And, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know, seven days is pretty long in, in this cold of weather. And, you know, I wouldn't mind getting home an extra day or two early. And <laughs> I was, sure. was kind of like, I was kind of like, Luke, just imagine, man, could have a full freezer, belly full of deer meat, <laughs> snuggling up to your wife in bed tomorrow night. <laughs> just kind of like yep. gently nudging him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, huh. Let's just watch him a little longer and then just keep, you know, looking at these other deer, you know, because, you know, any one of these other groups of does we had last up could have a buck with them, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we were just, I was just bouncing back and forth, checking, looking, checking, looking. And then another time I bounced back at the, the, two, by one, the two by one buck, uh, he actually fed up to another group of does that were just above him that, you know, he must have just been bedded with that we just couldn't see. And so we're like, okay, like, let's just watch that group, you know, now for a little bit. Um, and so we watched them and then they bedded down and we're like, okay. And then they really bedded down. And I was like, hmm. and it was like right at 10 o'clock. 
which is roughly the time they've been betting down historically this week. And so I was like, okay. I was like, really starting to think at this point. And I was like, Hunter, I got to eat some breakfast right now, man. And so I just whipped out my little stove, started cooking on my oatmeal and peanut butter. And I was like, just really thinking about, you know, I was like thinking about the whole, basically the whole big picture of it all. I was like, we've been here seven days hunting really hard. We've had such a blessed time, such a great time. You know, we've seen a lot of deer comparatively to a lot of other friends that we have um, hunting mule deer right now too. Like it's been a really warm kind of October, especially. And for whatever reason, everyone we kind of know who's, who's hunting right now at, at this time is also having a really hard time finding does. But, you know, on this hunt, we've been very fortunate to see does every day and just in an increasing number, it seemed every single day. Grab some wood. Um, so yeah, just, I was just really trying to just, while I'm eating my oatmeal, just trying to think about the big picture, you know, and, you know, thinking about things like, you know, the whole rest of this fall, I'm pretty much just filming hunts, like from here on to the end of November. And, you know, I'm not going to have a, a lot of time at home um, for the next like three or four weeks, which is, you know, it's just kind of part of part of work, part of life, part of this time of year, um, as many of you know. Um, so I'm thinking about that, thinking about, you know, hey, like the last time I shot a deer or a buck, I was 15 and I'm wow. 27 now. See, I didn't even know that that had been that long. Yeah. So that's like almost half my life. And when you, you were know, a kid when you shot your last year, yeah, I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And Cause you've been just grinding and working in the industry and yeah, not getting really much opportunities to hunt. But yeah. And, and Hunter and I've talked a lot about that too, but like, I find, like, I truly find the same enjoyment, like filming a hunt and like being a part of it and just like helping, you know, be a part of that story and, and obviously capturing it um, with a camera or, or what have you. Like I just, I find just as much enjoyment doing that as I do, you know, pulling the trigger. And that's like why it's never really been an issue for me to kind of like sacrifice my own hunting time, like on the table for the sake of like, you know, a cool opportunity like in the hunting industry or a cool hunt opportunity to go with such and such and hunt such and such species in such and such place. But, um, but it's nice to hunt sometimes. But it is nice and I'm, I'm realizing that. I really realized that starting in 2020, I was like, you know what? I've got to start making more time like for me to do this like you know, for my own time, yeah. you know, and, and if, cause if I'm like, if I'm really going to like continue to do work in the hunting industry, I want to have more tangible roots of like, this is what I felt in this moment. And that way I can take those, those tangible roots and apply them to the stories that I capture with, with mm. cameras and stuff. Interesting. Um, so I was like, you know, and, and too, it's just like, I, I didn't want to get burnt out. You know, I didn't want to like, you know, only film hunts and then just like, oh, I don't ever want to go hunting. Cause I've just, you know, I've been on so many hunts, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I, I want to make sacrifice my own personal time for, for those memories and, yeah. for, and for that, because I know that whenever I go on a hunt, whether it's filming or whatever, I feel like I always genuinely come back a better person in some way, or I come back, I've learned something or I come mm. back and I just, I, I had a closer relationship with the Lord that week and, and came back spiritually refreshed. You know, like I, I try and like, you know, that's, that's main, one of the main reasons of why I do what I do. And I don't know, I would just eat my oatmeal, just thinking about all these things and, and also thinking about, Hey, like, you know, I don't always get an opportunity to go after a buck, you know, with, with a rifle and me with the tag in my pocket. And I was like, you know what, this hunt, this whole experience has been an, it's just an awesome thing. You know, like, let's just go for it. Let's just make a stock on this buck 
It's a two mile stock. We're probably gonna have mixed visual contact with him for a good majority of it. And I was like, but we still have like, I would, you know, on pen and paper, if I was to write it all out, I could think it's still a decent odds of success. He's bedded, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, let's just go for it and just see what happens. And so Hunter and I pick, quickly pack up our stuff. I was like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter's like, dude, I'm ready. He's like, bag's already packed. And I'm just like, ah, just eating my oatmeal. Just yeah. thinking about all the big things in life. Because like, yeah, like I, yeah, for me, like I'm still like, I guess guys that have hunted more Western, I don't know, they're just, I feel like that they're more like relaxed when you're about to go on a stock. Like for me, it's like when I go on, like when I see the animal and I like when I decide like, okay, I'm going for it, like. I'm just constantly like, oh, he's going to go away. He's going to leave. Like, he's going to leave. Like, there's no way they're going to stay there. You yeah. know, like, I'm just used to, and I'm not, I'm not saying by any chance that's, I'm not saying it's easier, but like, we'll get more into it later too, but like, the deer I'm used to hunting, like, don't stay still that off that much. And when they do, like, if they have any idea you're even close to them, they're gone. Yeah. Like, instantaneously. So, um, anyway, but... Yeah, I was just ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so Hunter's, like, <laughs> fired up, and I'm like, all right, dude, let's do this. Like, he's, like, I'm kind of feeding off his energy. Um, and so we start just going straight, basically straight down the bomb knob and hit the trail. And then we cross the creek, start hiking up the ridge where the buck is on. And pretty much from that point on is about a mile, mile and a half. Yeah. Um, and we don't have any visual contact whatsoever um, with where the buck is bedded down. And so which just, always stresses me out yeah it's, it's, it's always a fun like i don't know if you saw like on my stock i was literally like every 50 yards like checking if they were yeah. still there yeah yeah <laughs> anyway so that's always a fun variable when you like basically don't have any visual confirmation but how i looked at it i was like you know what it's not like we're stalking after like this insane like buck of a lifetime you know it's like we have days left of supplies we have days left of time it's only probably going to still get better. I was well, I like, technically only had one day of food left, but I would have shared. But you had extra, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and we had your meal deer. We could eat some. Oh yeah, we have a whole deer we could eat. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. So anyway, so I was like, you know what? I'm just we're just going to go in a situation like it's low risk or you know medium risk, but it's not that big a deal. Like we're just going to go for it and just yeah. see what happens. So we. And the Lord doesn't want you to kill that deer. He can just walk off. Exactly. So we're we're going and. We basically get about, I don't know, 150 yards from where this little depression where they're where they bedded down in, and I and I stop and I'm like, all right, Hunter, like, I honestly don't really know where these deer are at because you can only do so much from glassing them up from two miles away and then dropping a pin on your maps and being like, okay, I think they're right here, like, and then kind of guesstimating like once you get over there, it's just everything kind of looks different. Totally different. So I was like, all right, like. I'm going to take the, the rifle cover off and put one in the chamber. And this could be, this could very well be a still hunt yeah. situation. Like I really don't know. And he handed me his kind of like running gun camera setup. That's yeah. more set up for like over the shoulder style filming. Not necessarily like when you have a long time to set up a shot. Yeah. Like it's just like, boom, there it is kind of set up. I was like, I think this is the best setup for the situation. Um, if we, if it turns into something else, we'll just, change the camera setup or whatever but i was like let's just let's just roll with this um because it could get western <laughs> i'm like dude we could have like a 50 yard shot i have no yeah. idea um but anyway so we we get the rifle set up um and then we just start slowly just 
creeping up the trail, glassing every 20 feet or so. And then we basically get around this corner where they were bedded and I just pull up the glass to see and boom, I've got a doe in my, in my binoculars at like probably 90 yards. And she's just looking right at me and I'm like, I just freeze. Oh, she was? She was staring at you? Oh yeah, just staring hard at me. Just, and I'm just <laughs> like, oh no. And then I just, I just don't move. And then I just, I keep my hands in my binos and I just take one step back. So I'm kind of hidden behind a tree. And I just turned to Hunter and I'm like, I give him the signal of doe. And I was like, there's a doe right here. And uh, I was like, I can't see anymore. I can't see the spike, you know, or the spork. <laughs> we determined two by ones, we call them sporks. Sporks. But uh, yeah, so anyway, so we're looking. I'm like, dude, I, I don't have visual. I only see one doe. And I was like, just just come up to me and just stay right here. Like I was just whispering all this. Yeah. And um, so then I get back on my binos and there's another doe sitting next to that doe. So I got two, two of the four deer. I was like, okay. And then I can see the butt of another one just to the right. And I was like, okay, I've got three. Um, and then I, that, that one turns and I'm like, okay, those are the three does. Where's the, the spork? And so I'm looking all around. I'm like, I can't find him. And I'm trying, and I was just like, honestly, I just need to settle down a little bit. And so I just kind of like slow talk myself. I was like, okay, like it's not a big deal. Like they've seen me, but they're not spooked. Almost like the doe that saw us when we were making the stock yeah. um, over to, to Hunter's Buck. So and again, just, like, I'm a little frantic because, and like, yeah. Because you didn't see him. You couldn't see him. I couldn't see him at first. And then, again, just going back to, I'm used to hunting whitetails where, like, especially, like, inside 100 yards, if they, like, even glance at some movement, I mean, they're gone. Like, so, I literally think that, like, we're busted. Any second, they're just going to, like, bounce off. So, um... So I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, like trying to find him in frame and like, I'm using your camera, it's a little different. In retrospect, like I really wish I had taken my time and like realized, okay, they're not spooked and like actually pulled my pack off and gotten my big, my big long lens out and set up a shot. So, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but ultimately I, and I, would, I'd want, I want you to continue the story, but just on this train of thought, I'm going, I didn't get the shot on video as well as I would have liked just because it was such a kind of like a frantic moment. Like, yeah. That's no, just a learning. Yeah, yeah. That's a learning experience for me. Oh, and me too. It, like, is it like I should have, you did a really good job. I want you to continue your story too. I'm kind of going on a rabbit trail. Well, you're good. You did a good job of waiting and like for the right shot. I, so this is a big learning point for me. Like, you know, if they're not spooked, if, if you think you got time, like, and maybe it doesn't apply to everybody, but I should have just calmly, casually gotten my camera out. But anyway, I was a little frantic, and and the video is not like as awesome as I wish it would be. But we we got it on yeah, camera. Yeah, it's so. on video. Anyway, so yeah, and take it, was, it from there. So you you see the does, and then what's going on? Yeah, so I've got them basically right at 100, 110 yards, and I'm kind of playing that like game in my head of like, okay, do I I feel pretty steady offhand right now like I'm, I'm my heartbeats collected my breath is collected like you know I'm, I'm shouldering the gun well like I, I feel good um but I was like you know what like I think just for the sake of the moment I would rather have the assurance of just dropping to a knee and getting my pack Which off is so smart and getting my rifle in my pack yeah and and I was like and like the deer don't seem that spooked yeah 
and there was like an opening that I thought they were going to run into. And I was like, if worse comes to worse, I can maybe try and make a sound and stop them in the opening if they run or just, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, that was a wise move. So I, I take my pack off, drop it on the ground. And then I basically just kind of lay back into the side of the hill, Mm -hmm. um, and get the rifle on top of the pack lid. And I've have, I have at this point, I have visual confirmation of the buck and somehow i was able to we were we were able to communicate which deer was him yeah and like i got him somewhat in frame yeah and all this is happening like like we said like in 100 110 yards so it's like and admittedly i'm freaking out yeah and and like we're in the timber like it's like kind of thick like oh yeah it was very thick you couldn't really see it wasn't like open yeah it was like i was trying to see him through which one's him like identify like trying to see him through brush yeah and and again, admittedly, I was kind of freaking out because I'm just not used to deer, like, giving you that much time. Yeah. No, and so I I get set up and comfortable, but then, like most things in hunting, whenever that happens, that's when the deer moves from broadside to behind a tree <laughs> yeah. or quartering away from you or quartering. And, like, and just because of the situation, I was like, I really want to make sure the shot is good. Like, I don't want to have a bad shot or, or waste any meat or, or have anything, anything that can go wrong. Basically. I was like, I just mm-hmm. want to really make sure that you were really patient. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you even I, said that I, would, I, I was like, I want to be overly patient and I'd rather have the moment get blown because of that. Yeah. Or, or not, not happen. Which is a very mature move that like a lot of guys don't do. So like kudos to you on that. I appreciate that Hunter. But yeah, so I, uh, I just basically got set up and then I basically watched him feed quartering towards me for about three minutes and all while all the other does are just walking around doing whatever and then i'm freaking out <laughs> no, <laughs> no you, you you kept your cool hunter dude but yeah so we we got set up and then basically that buck just slowly started to turn broadside and then he got behind this tree and then i was like okay hunter are you on him because when he walks past this tree and stops i'm gonna take a shot and he's like, I'm on him, I'm on him. And so we basically just waited another 30 seconds and he just took a few more steps and stopped. And I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot him. And then... Wait, also, one more thing for that. I, whenever I shoot, I only put a earplug in my left ear. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's the only one that, when, when you're the shooter. Um, and I didn't know how close we were the deer. So for some dumb reason, I only put one earplug in on my left side. And I was like, well, just I'll just make sure I'm videoing from the like from his right. And so the right the lo- there's like a circus and you like got my on my left side. Yeah, yeah, like somehow like right in the end, like right at the last moment, I had to switch to the other side and I was like I knew it was coming. I was like, I'm going to have to try my best to not flinch. <laughs> I'm hand-holding the camera. With a 300 wind mag. And there's break. a 300 wind mag with a break, literally like three feet from my face about to go off. <laughs> yeah. And I just I just knew it was coming. I was like, I was just like grin and bear it. Just yeah. like, get ready. <laughs> yeah. So I did my absolute best. Uh, and we got it on camera. Like I said, it's not quite as good as I would have liked, but... Yeah, but it was it was, it was, it was terrible. It was a raw and real moment. It was just yeah. like boom, there they are, and then yep, okay. There's like a bunch of timber. Don't have a shot. Don't have a shot. Have a shot. Don't have a shot. Have a shot. Don't have a shot. Yep. And then all of a sudden he walks into this small opening in the trees, stops broadside. I'm like, all right, I'm taking him, and then just gave it a breath, and then just squeezed it off. Shot felt super solid. Yeah. Does took off up the hill. Um, 
in the heat of the moment, the gun kicked back. I, I got out of the scope, couldn't get a visual back again, but I thought I saw him running downhill. And that's the only thing I'll say about that 300 Win Mag is it's really hard to see what your animal does because the amount of recoil. Yeah. I got my, my suppressor, should be coming to me anytime, anytime now, but that's the only qualm I have about that gun is I've never really been able to fully see what happens to an animal because yeah. it just it you just kind of lose it yeah but it, it the shot felt good i felt like i had a good squeeze good pull didn't jerk it or anything had a good rear rest um yeah and then immediately i was just like all the emotions came over i was like dude no way that just happened like that's crazy <laughs> like that happened literally flawlessly <laughs> like they were right there yeah I honestly didn't really expect that um and just such a close shot you know that also doesn't always happen a lot a shot within you know 100 120 yards mm -hmm. um so anyway hunter and i just kind of preemptively celebrate just we're like dude i just killed my first mule deer like i just got all these thoughts running through my brain and we basically give it like 20 30 minutes and we're like okay like let's like just kind of ease our way down there and, and just and just kind of like yeah. see and i had one in the chamber just in case and then we're starting going down through the snow and then lo and behold, about probably 50 yards from where I, where I shot him, I just happened to see this gray body looking thing yeah. by a log. And I just pulled my binos and I'm like, he's right there. He pretty much died instantly and slid down the hill a little bit. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Couldn't have, like, I don't know. I was just so thankful that it was a good shot. Didn't suffer. Just yeah. piled up right there. No means and lost. Yeah. Actually, I noticed that when we were cleaning them, both shoulders were completely intact. Yeah. Mine has a pretty good bullet hole in one of its shoulders, but yours, uh, I think all your quarters were like Perfect. fine. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit of the tenderloin got kind of burst, you know, yeah. from from the impact of the internal organs and stuff, but. So it was perfect shot. Yeah, super happy. Yeah, we. Beautiful little buck. He was. He was. You know, he's had a good little. Healthy. Yeah, he had some fat on him and, and stuff like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, our freezer's now full. You know, I got some got some deer legs for my dogs to chew on. <laughs> my wife is happy that we're headed home tomorrow. Um, and I get to have a few extra days at home with her before I leave for my next hunt, which if I would have stayed and tried to, you know, hold out for a big buck or something, I would just be basically getting home, repack my bag, shower, kiss my wife goodbye, and then yeah. get out on the next one. You know? And so, there's no guarantee that big buck would ever showed up either. Exactly. And... And then you would have really not slept good. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's it's a cliche, but it's also not a cliche. But it's like, like bringing home some meat is better than nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's like and and antlers too, and it's a tag that's filled, and a great memory. And you know, I crossed mule deer off my list. Like yep. that's and the whole thing about like don't pass something on the first day that you wouldn't shoot the last. And, yeah. Um, Which is a lesson I learned hard this year. I I passed on a spike bull during archery elk. Um, and I just, I was like, I had five days left and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take this shot. He had no idea I was there. Totally could have killed him. And then lo and behold, five days later, I came up empty handed. Yep. And I'm like, dang it. You know, yeah. like that sucks. Like, yeah, I just knew like for me personally, I knew like if I didn't get another opportunity, you know, and we did this tough hunt and especially coming all the way from Virginia, like, um, I knew I'd be disappointed. So, mm -hmm. but I think, yeah. And just, and just the story of like both of us first hunt together, first time meeting in person. Yeah. 
<laughs> literally. <laughs> um, and we come back here um, on a really, I know we keep saying it, but a tough hunt and both tag out in our first mule deer. It's just a cool story. It's a special story. Special memory. Yeah, I, it's something I'll never forget. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, we, we got it. We got them cleaned up, ate a little lunch down there, uh, stashed the meat in a safe spot, came back to camp, and then... Um, so we kind of we texted uh, some buddies and let them know what was going on and his wife and dad and and then uh, basically we uh, got back here and cooked up some we got camp kind of started to break down so it's a little easier more on the morning to get get out of here and um, cooked up the tenderloins for my buck oh it was insane had some uh, mule deer tacos it's kind of for tradition. Has started in Kodiak. Um, me and my buddy Ned on that trip made a blacktail, Kodiak blacktail tacos. And so then I did it this year with my Wyoming antelope with uh, Cam, my videographer. And then I just happened to have two tortillas left and one little thing of cheese. And so we cooked up those tenderloins and had some mule deer tenderloin tacos. It was absolutely insane. <laughs> you liked so it? So good. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but like, I I actually really love the taste of mule deer. Yeah, it's like and we seasoned the meat. I, I put some salt and pepper on there, like about twenty minutes before we cooked it, so we could soak in a little. Yeah, I guess I always kind of like heard that it was like kind of sagebrushy or or what have you. But yeah. like the past few times I've had it, I've like really enjoyed it. I've had um, some mule deer from Brady Miller. I've had some mule deer from Chris Neville, like mm-hmm. two of the guys that go hunt. Like, and both times I've had it, it's just been phenomenal. Yeah, that's what I was saying to. Um, to Luke too. Like I heard a lot of people say about certain species, oh, those things don't taste good or whatever. In my opinion, if a meat is properly handled and properly prepared, it doesn't matter what kind of animal it is, pretty much, it's good. I think people maybe have one bad experience because like, you know, maybe the meat got dirty or maybe someone rubbed it all over a sage bush and that's why it tasted sagey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or like, you know, put it straight in some icy water and it just gets, you know, all messed up. So if you take care of your meat and like make it well, I've never had anything bad, honestly. Like, so that's a big deal. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess in closing, do you have any closing thoughts before I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I guess my closing thoughts would be along the lines of just number one, extreme gratitude to you, Hunter for allowing me to, to not only come out here with you, having never met you, but also to, to hunt, not just film. Like yeah, that's man. like, I cannot say thank you enough for that. Well, thank you for accompanying me on the adventure and helping me capture it. Absolutely, dude. And I hope there's many more. Me too. But yeah, I would just say extreme gratitude. Um, and yeah, just an amazing memory um, that I'll not, truly never forget. Get my first mule deer first buck in 12 years and hopefully you know there's many more mule deer hunts in, in my oh, future yeah. um where i can this maybe is a good get a start mature one but this is a good start great we're gonna kill some big ones great start absolutely great start um and i'm gonna be going on another mule deer hunt here in about a month um in montana so now that i got the species you know taking you know i got it under my belt and you know a mule deer now i can hold off a little bit for maybe a bigger one but um, but yeah, man, same goes here, man. I really enjoyed their time together. Um, I and really just, I learned a lot on this hunt too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've, I've been on a number of mule deer hunts, but like, it's always a little different when you're obviously like, have more of like the hunting role as opposed to just filming it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I really learned a lot about 
mule deer, like what they like to eat, um, kind of some of their habits in this time of the season. Um, and so it was just a really good, like educational, like basically week for me of just learning, you know, more about mule deer and more about like different ways to hunt them and stuff like that. So for sure. Me too. Uh, same goes on that front. And also I learned a lot about, um, backcountry hunting in very cold weather because yes. all my other backcountry hunts have been like August Alaska hunts or spring bear hunts. This has been my first like true backcountry, really cold <laughs> hunt. So I learned a lot too. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, totally enjoyed hunting with you too. Like, thank you for joining me. Um, like, you know, I know you have lots of big clients that, um, you know, you could go on hunts with and stuff. So I appreciate you like, you know, coming out and kind of giving some of your time to, to hunt with me and help capture the story. And, um, yeah, I just want to say like to you guys out there in closing that, uh, you know, as I always say, if you have the right tools and you do your research and do your homework, you know, um, a lot of people like to get negative and whatever, but the adventures are out there. The opportunity is out there. Um, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. Like I didn't have any insider information, no industry knowledge to help me find this spot. I called around some people, um, that, that lived around here again, not like industry people, just like people that knew the area and like friends and friends of friends or whatever, just asking questions and, um, you know, called the biologist, people like that. Um, you know, and then I just e-scouted and I just used common sense and what I learned from different tools and resources and, and just picked the best spot I could find. And it turned out being a really good spot. And, um, I'm no expert, you know, like I'm pretty new at this. I'm from the East coast, but yeah, if you, if you really want to find the adventures, they're out there, they're waiting for you. So, um, so do your research, get the right gear, make sure you're being safe and smart, you know, have somebody with you. But um, just get out there and enjoy God's creation, have an adventure, and, you know, tag a spike and be happy with it. <laughs> you exactly. Know, like, you know, you, like, it's great watching these awesome hunters and all these guys that are, like, friends and mentors of mine. And I hope to one day be able to come in here and, and pull out giant 180 bucks and stuff. Yeah, heck yeah, I'd like that. But, like, it's a process, and, like, it's a learning, and it's a growing. And, and I'm going through that process right now, and, like... Um, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't, I'm okay with not being an expert. Like I'm okay with walking out of here, my head held high with a spike buck because we worked hard for it. It's, um, nothing was handed to us and it's a, it's a beautiful animal and I'm stoked and I know Luke is too. So, um, hope, I hope some of this content that I'm putting out is helpful to you guys, inspires you. Maybe, you know, you don't got to wait years to go hunt on some primo unit, you know, get a general tag like this one over the counter tag, go out, get some reps, practice a few stalks, you know, take a smaller buck if you get the opportunity. And then when you draw that, you draw that four or five year draw tag or whatever, you'll have some more knowledge under your belt. You'll have some experience. Um, so yeah, get out there and do it and just, just enjoy. Couldn't have said it better myself. Cool. Just have fun. That's, that's truly what it's all about. Having fun, enjoying God's creation, fellowshipping with others, like, couldn't have said it better myself, Hunter. Yeah, man. All right, brother. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one.